Hey everybody, this is Jade and welcome to another episode of Jade Start Secrets Podcast. This episode is a special podcast because I caught up with Georgia Dean. She's a 22-year-old entrepreneur that has four businesses. She's got a tutoring company, a successful bikini label. She's the youngest franchisee to own an Australian skin clinic franchise. And she's recently set up another business where she does uh, phone telemarketing. So this interview is super inspiring because George has overcome some of the biggest hurdles you could imagine. One of them being death from a heart attack at such a young age. So Georgia breaks down her life story, all the incredible things that's happened to her and how she's overcome all of these odds to go on and be the successful entrepreneur that she is today. So I hope that you find this podcast super inspiring because I know I did. Today I'm joined by Georgia Dean. She's the owner of Australian Skin Clinics in Newmarket and Naked Bronze and she's just an all-round incredibly inspiring entrepreneur Um, and I can't wait to share this story with you because I promise you it's one that's going to have you extremely motivated after. So thank you so much for joining me Georgia. Thank you for having me. So so we've um, actually caught up um, separately outside this podcast and I've heard all of Georgia's story and I think the best place to start would probably be how old you were when you started your first business. Uh, so I was, let's have a look, I was 14, no, 15, 15, I was 15, and I started a tutoring business, and that was purely based on, so my teachers at school, I was doing quite kind of well at school, and then from there, my teachers kind of got me into tutoring other kids, my sister was currently tutoring as well, and she said, well, how about you start building up a little base of um, kids to tutor while you're quite young, and kind of having like a little side hustle from the beginning um because i was already working at the same time anyway so i was like oh how can i do more how can i do more let's do some more and then um so i just started that kind of got really busy doing that um i got my license when i was 16 and then even to get my l's hours up mum was like how about you take on more kids and then you can teach even more and then get your l's hours up as well so that kind of worked like that (laughs) yeah exactly right so and then by the time i was 17 I was fully booked out, so it ended up being that I kind of started employing people from that stage, and then yeah. once one got completely busy, then I kind of just went to the next and yeah. kept employing from there. So it was just one of those like flow-on effects. Yeah, I don't yeah. know any fifteen-year-olds that were so focused on making money and teaching others and doing well at school. So that's an incredible start. And so you finished your your so you finished school. You had a successful tutoring company on foot and then yeah. you started university, right? Um, little bit, but then I started university when I was also 15. So, oh, wow. yeah, so that kind of happened that way. Well, I was always one of those kids that was like, yes, yeah, sweet, I've done something else, now I'm bored, let's yeah. do something more. Yeah. Um, so as I asked mum and dad, I was like, hey, what, would it be cool if I started this program that they do at university where you do one subject a semester um, while you're doing school? And then the university said, well, you have to be 17 to do that. And I said, well, why not? Why can't I be 15? Let's let's do it. Like, mm. if I prove myself, if I do well, why can't I do more? And then they said, okay, we'll give you a shot. Like, you can do it for um, one semester. Like, see how you go. Like, it's pretty daunting out there. Like, it's <laughs> university. And then, so I, what I'd do is um, mum would drop me off in my school uniform. I'd quickly go to the bathroom and change into, like, normal clothes because I didn't want to be known as like that school kid going to university and then um especially at 15 yeah I was like okay I look little as it is let's like 
make this look like I'm actually a university student. <laughs> so I quickly get changed. Um, then I go into my classes and then no one would know. Like it was the best thing ever. Everyone was like, oh yeah, so you look a bit young. Oh yeah, too easy. I was like, yeah, just look young for my age. <laughs> <laughs> Did you tell me you had the business on the side as well? Yeah, yeah. So like, they'd be like, oh, so what do you do for work? And I was like, oh, I work at like Calvin Klein, things like that. And then I also do um, like a tutoring business. So everyone just kind of assumed that I was like 17, 18, straight out of school or something like that. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty well where that happened. And then I did well on the first subject. And then kind of like once you prove yourself once, you can just keep doing subjects mm -hmm. at university, it turns out. Um, and it also costs you half the amount because they let you do it as a like a student going to university as ah. well. So by the and time you did I, a double degree, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So by the time I finished school, I'd done, what was it, six subjects? So in was marketing or? Um, no, that was in biomed, yeah. Biomed. Yeah. Biomed, you did biomed. <laughs> yeah, That's amazing. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was good. Like it was, it, it stretched me. Mm -hmm. um, and it also like, I don't know, the fun part for me was that I got to get out of school a bit as well. Mm. Um, so <laughs> got to um, leave school and go to my local lectures and things like that. So it was a bit of a no novelty throughout the day. Yeah. Um, mixed it up as well because, like, I don't know, I always thought that school was always just going to get me to the end of, like, you get your certificate, you get, like, mm. your OP, and then, then what? Like, what else do you come out with? I was mm. like, I want something else to come out with. Yeah. So... I, just to I don't know anyone myself. else that's done that. That's amazing. Yeah. Most people say that all the, to me all the time, how do you find the time to study, run a business? I think you would have been extremely stretched for time back then. Like, but that's the thing, you don't think about it. No, you just do it, right? <laughs> yeah, you're just like, oh, yeah. that's another thing I have to do on my list. So, yeah, sweet, another yeah. assignment. Yeah. Another, like, you're not watching TV instead of studying. And... Oh, I didn't sleep in school. My mum <laughs> will tell you that straight up. She was just like, oh, yeah, she'll be up till 3 a.m. She'll just be doing her thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I suppose, so you, you then finished school, you were six subjects deep in biomed. Yeah. Um, did you then know what you wanted to do in terms of like business and marketing? Did you know your plan or did you just kind of figure it out along the way? I knew I always wanted to have a business, but then I always wanted to be a doctor as well, just from like childhood experiences mainly. Mm -hmm. um, I saw how doctors changed my life and how like massive of an impact that they had on my life and I wanted to be able to make that sort of impact on someone else's life and as it turns out I didn't keep going with um like becoming a doctor purely because of other opportunities that had come up um and I figured I could help people in another way as well so what what, what happened how did the doctors help you oh yeah that's sort of fun <laughs> <laughs> um so when I was what was it year seven um I woke up one, well, not woke up one morning. I used to play basketball like quite a lot. And I got hit in the back one day and I just thought, oh, standard injury when you're in year seven, like you just get over it kind of thing. It's one of those things where you're just like, oh yeah, get up one day and you'll be fine. Mm. It was one of those injuries that just kept going and I was like, oh, my back, like I literally can't walk half the time. Like my parents were like, oh, maybe you've just got like, like inflammation, just keeps getting worse kind of thing. Um, we had like all physio appointments, do doctor's appointments, everyone's like, you're fine, you'll be sweet, you'll wake up one day and it was like fine. And then one morning I woke up with like a 40 degree temperature and then couldn't really move to be quite honest. And then that was pretty gnarly as like a year seven, I don't know, kid where you're just wow. like, oh yeah, one day I'll wake up fine. And then the next morning you just wake up not fine. 
and then I got admitted into hospital. Um, couldn't really move, couldn't move my neck down, couldn't like kept having tingly feelings all over my body. Like it just didn't feel right. And my back just started going like crazy pain all of a sudden, like worse than the past. So that would have been so scary. It was, it was a bit scary. Like as a kid, because you just think, what was wrong? Um, <laughs> well, everyone thought nothing was wrong with me. Like, and I was like, oh, okay, well, nothing must be wrong with me. So I should, I'm just fine. I'm just overreacting. Everyone, like all the doctors just said, you're overreacting, you're overreacting. Until this one doctor came by, it was like 10 o'clock at night. And I don't know, mum was obviously bawling her eyes out in the hallway because she's like, my daughter um, definitely has something wrong with her. She doesn't just complain like this for the fun of it. Mm. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, next thing I know, like he ordered an MRI really late at night. It was like, I don't know, 10, 11 o'clock at night from what I can remember. And then, um, which is quite unheard of because no one really lets that pass through. They just said to me, oh, you might be able to get an MRI when you leave hospital with me for like a month's time and then you'll get an MRI. Mm. They said it was going to be a five to ten minute procedure. You just go in inside the little tunnel and then you'll come out, you'll be clear, you'll be fine. Um, went inside the tunnel an hour and a half, two hours later, they pulled me out and they're like, okay, so we're going to do emergency surgery on your back. You've got a tumour wrapped around your spinal cord and you're going paralytic. So <gasps> yeah, that, that was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. At least I found it, right? Yeah, exactly. Imagine like, if that doctor never came along. Yeah, he was in a lift with my mum. Like, that's how the whole thing happened. And then she was just like beside oh. herself. Yeah. She, she'll tell you, like, if you ever speak to her, she would tell you the story where it was just like kind of this miraculous thing where she was staying in the lift and then all of a sudden someone believed her. Wow. And then, yeah, and then it all kind of like flowed on from there. So they did crazy. the surgery that night? Um, they did it the next morning because they had to get two kid neurosurgeons um, pretty well over to one of them was oh, in geez. Sydney and one was in Melbourne and then they had to Why make sure that they were there <laughs> um, to do the surgery. Um, yeah. yeah. We are so lucky in Australia with our, our healthcare system. Oh, and seriously. Wow. Like in some other countries, that just wouldn't even be possible. No. So yeah. And like most, most neurosurgeons are only qualified to do kind of I don't know, like 18 plus because the spinal cord's so different when you are young right. and you're still developing. So it, essentially what it looked like was a kind of like a piece of chewing gum wrapped around my spinal cord on the um, MRI. It kind of just looks like this like blob twirled wow. around your spinal cord. So no wonder that had such a profound impact on your life wanting to become a doctor. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you kind of see all these people that they do some like yeah. really incredible things and help kids like and then you get put in the ward obviously afterwards with all of these sick, sick kids and you even see yeah. like little babies and things like that it's, it's and what they've been able to do for them yeah quite incredible what they can do for everyone else which wow. is awesome but that wasn't the end of your medical troubles <laughs> i didn't know this part about george's spine but no. the next like Tell maybe you could share your experience. So she, I just sound like such a troubled child. No, no. Like I just, I'm so incredibly inspired by the fact that you have overcome so much adversity. Like your spine and having major spinal surgery at such a young age, and then like you're still in primary school, and then yeah, to the whole learn to walk again thing and all yeah. that jazz is crazy. How long was the rehab? Um, it was 
So they, they need to get you up quite quickly after having spinal surgery because like you can get bed sores, things like that. Um, initially, I obviously did not want to get up because I was in so much pain. Um, and they took out two discs as well as two vertebrae from my spine. So you know how you have the little bumpy bits on the mm-hmm. spine? Yeah, now it's flat. Um, so essentially when they do that, it's quite painful, obviously, when you wake up. Mm-hmm. Um, so from then, they tried to get me up about two days, oh, like two days later, mm-hmm. and that was not a good experience. Um, so then they got me back down, and then they said, all right, let's try again tomorrow. So then I kept pretending to be asleep every time that they'd try and get me up. Um, because so traumatic. The pain was just something yeah. else. Um, so then it got to the point where, obviously, they were like, we have to get her up no matter what. Like, you just have to somehow know that you're going to be able to walk again. Mm. Um, so then I had this, like, walker thing. And then what they'd do is eventually, like, so I got, they got me up, upright into this, like, stand-up walker thing where I'd just put my whole weight on it. And then there'd be, like, four physios around me just, like, holding me. Mm. Um, they were, like, kind of, like, strapped me to it. And then... It got to the point where you'd get up, you'd get to that point, and then the next day they'd try and get you up to that point with one step, and then up to that point, two steps. And then eventually, a couple weeks down the track, you're starting to like walk the hospital floor. Mm. And then I was that person that was um, like practicing my walking up and down. (laughs) Talking to everyone, hey, Mark, hey. Yeah, but I had a little walking thing, and I was like, I feel like an eight year old. Someone that just can't walk anymore. I did that, uh, I don't know, for ages. And then eventually uh, they got me home. Um, and then I kind of just started rehab from there, like doing physio, Pilates. Um, Pilates was like not your normal Pilates where you're actually doing things. It was more like we're going to practice putting your hand to the side, picking up a ball and putting it in front of you. Like we're going to practice... Just More rehab walking. <laughs> We're going to practice like just really simple things, and then eventually you start being able to walk again. Yeah. You start being able to do things, and then eventually I went for my first run one year exactly from the date of my surgery. Wow. Which is pretty cool. <laughs> I the reason I'm so inspired by this woman is she went through all of this and still managed to get into university at the age of fifteen. <laughs> that would have set yeah. most kids back a couple of years. Like most kids would have had to have repeat school or Yeah, I think I skipped year seven, like nine like ninety percent of it. Wow. Yeah. And yet you still applied yourself so much that you were able to catch up and get leads in front. That's phenomenal. Like, I think it's one of those things where it's your mindset, like if yeah. you you kind of forget it even happens. Like, I honestly don't remember that it happens 90% of my lifetime that I even had any of that happen. Like, mm. you just kind of keep going forward and think, okay, what's next? Yeah. Like, let's just move forward from that. That yeah. happened. Yeah. yeah. Keep going. <laughs> and so um, the the next major setback for you was when you were in university, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this, this is actually when I met Georgia, um, was shortly before this. Um, so you had a heart condition, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, SVT. SVT, yeah. Yeah, I don't have it anymore because it's been operated on, thank the Lord. But um, <laughs> it's one of those ones where you could just be... So what it, what it does essentially is your heart rate just goes normally, like 60 BPM per minute. Um, and then all of a sudden, you could be sleeping, you could be running, you could be... I don't know, at the desk doing nothing. And then all of a sudden your heart rate will go to 220 beats per minute and just go boom. And you could literally see it coming out of my chest. Like, and it would do that whenever it wanted to, to be quite honest. 
Wow. Um, we had it tested so many times and like Murphy's Law, as soon as you put a heart monitor on me, it wouldn't happen mm-hmm. for seven days. <laughs> and then as soon as you take it off, it'd happen four times in a day. Like, wow. Okay, cool. That, that's nice. Um, but I don't know. It kind of, it got just progressively worse. I think it's one of those things that like you can develop. It's just an extra little bit of a muscle on your heart where mm-hmm. the circul- circulatory system kind of jumps a bit and then it'll instead of it going through the entire pathway of your heart, it'll just kind of skip through it instead mm-hmm. when it wants to. Um, it got to the point where one day I went up to Brisbane with my friends mm-hmm. and then this is where it all kind of hit the fan. Uh, <laughs> and obviously it got caught on a heart monitor then. Um, I went you up had to, a heart attack, didn't you? Yeah, well, yeah. Wow. <laughs> heart stopped, all that jazz, that was fun. Um, so yeah, we, we we pretty well just went out for dinner and we went out for like a couple of drinks. I didn't really drink because I was feeling weird all day, you know, when you kind of feel off. Mm. So I think I had like one wine or something and then I just felt off and I was like, nah, I think I'll just like, just have my waters. And obviously going up to Brisbane to stay the night up there and everyone's like, why aren't you drinking? This is weird. Like yeah. we're up here to have fun. And I'm like, yeah, I, I get that, but I feel real off, like not yeah. okay. And then all of a sudden, like, I think it got to like 11 o'clock at night and we were back at the hotel that we we're all staying at. And then my heart just went like pounding out of my chest, like crazy. Wow. And then because you're with your all your friends, you don't want to like make a scene or anything like that. So I just kept going in the shower, having like super cold showers to try and just like shock it back to normal. Yeah. That's what I'd normally do. And then... It got to the point where I'd just shock it and then I'd keep it doing that, keep doing that. And then from what I remember, I, in the morning, um, we woke up and my friend just kind of looked at me and we were, and he was like, are you, are you good? Like, are you okay? Comes out to the lounge and I was just sitting there just like looking real weird. Um, and he was with my, um, friend and she was, she was just like, like, are you okay? Like more good, like high school friends. And they were just kind of checking up on me. Like, you don't look okay. Are you all right? Like what's, mm. what's going on? Like, you, can you respond? Like, are you, are you there? Like, yeah. And then all of a sudden my heart just went like, felt like it freaking like, exploded <laughs> from what I can gather. And I just passed out. And I don't know what happened after that, but I do remember waking up to like, all the ambulance and everything inside of our apartment and just chucking heart monitors on me left, right and centre. And then, yeah, just fully blacking out in the apartment. And then, and that was at like 9am the next day and everyone was worrying about checkout. And I was like, okay. <laughs> this I'm is worried about surviving. <laughs> <laughs> if I can make it through the day. Then and everyone was like, oh, we're worried about that. No. Wow. <laughs> so you actually, you died when you got to the hospital, didn't you? Well, technically, yeah. So heart stopped beating for quite a significant amount of time. Um, saw the bright light. That was fun. It's not, it's, it wasn't even like a bright light. It just felt like, so it just stopped, like just stopped. I get it though, because your heart beats at what two, it, it ended up at like 255 beats per minute, which is just quite astronomical for heart rate to be up at that rate for like 18 hours straight. Mm-hmm. And your heart's just going to give up, obviously, when you get to that point, and it mm-hmm. gave up. Um, we were sitting in the, not sitting, I was like laying in the hospital bed thing, they just wheeled me in, and then, yeah, all of a sudden, it just like, I just felt this like, 
thud. I was like, ah, oh, finally it's done. <laughs> and it was really done. <laughs> and it, um, yeah, it just stopped. And yeah, it just stopped for a little bit too long. So you, you at this point were laying on the bed in the hospital with doctors and nurses all around you. Your heart just had a massive thud because it just beat for the last time. Yeah, pretty well. It was kind of like, it usually happened like that yeah. with, um, when it would go back to normal pace, it'd just go thud. Right. And then you'd be like, oh my God, I feel like I'm gonna pe like pass out. Yeah. And then it'd start beating normally again. Right. But then all of a sudden this time, it just kind of just went thud. And then I remember everything, but supposedly I what was you, not there. <laughs> I remember seeing all the nurses. I remember seeing everything. Supposedly my, my eyes were not doing, like were not open, but I genuinely can remember seeing everyone in that room and that was the thing everyone i remember seeing everyone and they were like freaking out like the amount of where were you when you said you could see everyone so i i was obviously in the bed here yeah. but i like felt like i was up i just felt like i was in the room with everyone just kind of were watching myself yeah it was like it was this sounds so far-fetched it's crazy but it, it was like i was watching myself and it was like that I don't know, finally I was like, oh sweet, my, my heart's beating fine, I feel good, like everything's sweet, like we're going back to normal. And then I was like, oh, this is weird, like why do I feel at such peace and every single person around me is in absolute mayhem? And then it kind of clicked in my head that <laughs> I was, obviously, something was wrong. You were, you were a spirit <laughs> probably over <laughs> <in> your body. <laughs> probably, you wow. call it that, hey? It's either, it, yeah, it's like either one massive hallucination from the fact that I had literally had my heart beating that crazy for that long or the fact that like I couldn't exit the room though. That was the weird thing. Like I remember being able to look at myself and being able to kind of see like this person in front of me. But I just remember not being able to be like, okay, now we'll like leave the room if I want to. It's this really weird feeling. And then all of a sudden, like, I started just kind of remembering everything that was happening around me because I knew that, well, no one's going to believe you when you wake up yeah. as to what's, like, just happened because they're just going to be like, oh, so you were on the bed and we were about to shock you and then we were about to do this. And I'm like, yeah, but I know you were about to do that. You literally were standing there. You were standing there. Yeah. I think the one compelling piece of evidence that you told me was the text message that yeah. your friend got. This gave me shitters. Yeah, it was me. crazy, hey. She got a text message and I was like, oh cool, I'm gonna remember that text message and then I'm gonna recite it back to everyone in the room straight after this is all over. Because you don't think like, oh, I might be dead. Like you just, you just kind of think to yourself, oh, um, this is so I'm real, no one's hallucinating or something. This is weird. I don't know. I'm just gonna wake up in a few seconds' time and I'll be fine. And I remember they shocked me and then they put the um I think it's called a a adenosine and like through your body, and that's the thing that's meant to reset your heart mm. at this point. Um and they did, they put that through me like as I was there. Mm. And then um all of a sudden it kind of felt like a weight of bricks on top of me that like I could not move. Um and then, I don't know, I just woke up and I just felt like so much pain. And then wow. kind of just woke up and then was like, 
oh, I remember just what happened the past five minutes. And they were like, no, you don't remember what happened the past five minutes. You remember the five minutes before that. I'm like, no, I remember what happened the last five minutes. Don't you worry. And then um, I started just reciting it back to everyone. Everyone obviously freaked out. What did they say when you like? So did you tell everybody the text message when you came to? Yeah. And what what was their reaction? Oh, they were completely shocked. Like it was crazy. Because you were like, the other doctors were just like, no, you didn't see that. And I was like, they were like, oh, you must have just seen that. Then I was like, no, I've been talking to you since I woke up. I know what I saw and I know what I like literally just went through. And you were standing there, and that person walked in, and that person's name's X Y Z. I can't remember that now. It's like what five years ago. And I'm like, well, I remember everything that happened. Wow. It was actually nuts because like you don't think that you would remember any of that, especially when your body goes into that much shock. Yeah. Like you think that you would blank. Yeah. But I just didn't. Hey, it was it was pretty nuts. But so that those two experiences are massive. Like most people wouldn't even have anything like that happen, and if they do, maybe one traumatic experience. But you've had two. Is that the reason that you're like so driven and motivated and passionate and so inspiring now? Do you think like you've got to release on life almost? <laughs> I think it just makes me feel like life can be taken away quite mm -hmm. easily and life is so fragile. Like it just, like you could be totally fine one second and then the next you might wake up and you can't feel your legs or like your heart might just fail on you. Like you just don't know what's going to happen next. So you may as well actually make the most of what you can control yeah. in your life. Like you may as well put your all into all of your goals, all your relationships. You may as well actually give it 110% because you just don't know yeah. what's going to happen next. And I don't live in a, in a way that I think that, like, I'm going to die or anything like that. I'm fixed out. I'm totally sweet. I'm going to be living until I'm, like, 90. Yeah. So. We can rock in our rocking chairs. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> so. We're walking frames at the hospital. It's deja vu. It's deja vu. Sorry, I'm sweet with you. I'll be fine. I'll be pro at that walk up. We'll be sweet. <laughs> I think the thing now is, like, yeah, that's happened. It kind of feels like a blimp in history, but it did happen. Mm. It only feels like as crazy as it does, like when you actually talk about it. Yeah. Um, but on a daily basis, I don't think about any of that ever. I'm yeah. just like, okay, what can I do today that'll make me achieve X, Y, Z? That's all I think about throughout the day. Yeah. And that's kind of all I ever think about is just what's going to progress me further towards what I would like to achieve. Mm. And I don't know, I've got a lot of goals for myself and I've got really high expectations for myself. So, and it, that's not from anyone else. That's literally just from me putting it on myself. Even my parents say that to me. They're like, God, you put way too much pressure on yourself to get way too much done in such a short period, period of time. Whereas I don't think it's a short period of time at all. I just think that like, I'm capable of so much, mm. even if I'm young. So mm. I may as well achieve as much as possible mm. while I am young. And you have achieved a lot. You've got a successful bikini label, Naked Bronze, um, and you've got Stockers all over Australia, uh, and you were the youngest franchisee to ever own an Australian skin clinic. So congratulations. You're absolutely killing it, girl. <laughs> and so maybe, um, yeah, so maybe you can share a little bit about, like, how did you find this opportunity and how did you embrace it with Australian skin clinics? 
Um, Australian Skin Clinics, um, I've always wanted a business in every single industry, so I don't have hospitality yet, so just wait on that. Um, if you have a business in hospitality and you need somebody, she's your girl. <laughs> we'll, we'll be there very soon, don't worry about that. Um, I, with Australian Skin Clinics, I, like, I ended up doing marketing as well as Biomed um, and the end of it. Um, because I kind of found that I, that's like my little niche. I like doing that. Mm -hmm. um, so I pretty well kind of saw that they had a job ad up for like marketing and it was like, that would be a really cool learning experience. Like I know I'm, I was working for myself at the time doing um, the bikini label and the tutoring business. I was like, what if, what if I kind of like branch myself into actually doing something regarding my, deg my degree, considering I got a degree, I may as well use it for something. Um, I did use it for naked bronze and obviously the tutoring and all that, but I thought may as well branch myself into actually putting things into practice mm. um, in the corporate life. And then, so I got a job in that and that was February last year. Um, I kind of quickly realized that I'm not made for corporate life. Um, I, I really enjoyed it, like I really liked it. My job was like a lot of fun and it stretched me and it made me learn a lot of things. But at the same time, all I could think about was like, oh my goodness, that one's not run quite well. Maybe if I ran it, that would be like, mm -hmm. it would do well kind of thing. <laughs> and that's all I could think about day in, day out. Like seeing all these franchisees and seeing these for you. <laughs> Just so many opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> that was the thing. I was like, okay, so I'm going to help you with your marketing. I'm going to help you with your local area marketing. I'm going to help you with X, Y, Z. And then they do it. And they do it like 60% of what I tell them to do. And then I was like, oh, only I did that and I could do it the whole way like yeah. and all of these campaigns would actually come to fruition and all the hard work would actually pay off as well like you could see it happening because yeah. I could only see it from the back end I'd just be looking at numbers all day and being like oh yeah that did well that did well oh sweet that was like 50 better than last year oh that was xyz like cool that looks good on a report like <laughs> yeah I think that's always what you're looking at if you're always looking at the back end of things and which gave me a really good insight into the industry like it gave me a really good um, outlook so you could see like usually going into a business you never see the back end of what happens mm -hmm. like you don't see any of the head office you don't see any of like the day-to-day -day things of like how they bring out a new product or how they um, like how a business runs from the back end how mm -hmm. um, like all of the different meetings that you'll have. Like you don't usually meet like the CEO, you don't meet directors, you don't get those opportunities. You just are like, oh, you're just another franchisee, like kind of thing. Mm. So I think I was really lucky in that aspect that I got to experience everything back end mm. to give me a really well-rounded opinion of whether I wanted to actually enter this business or not. Mm. And it gave, me, it gave me a really good back, like back end knowledge. Like I really, so you, when the opportunity came up, you understood the back end, plus you had the opportunity to run the front end. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And I've never obviously ran an Australian skin clinics before, but my business partner has, um, Adam, he's amazing. So I met him at the Australian skin clinics um, conference last year in July, and we hit it off. We pretty well became like besties straight away. Um, and then we said to each other, we we're like, how about we do like a business together at some point? Because like we get along really well. Our thought processes are very like aligned in what we think. Um, 
and I just think that we'd work really well together. And it's really weird after like meeting someone after three days, you don't usually think that ever. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden kind of, we were just like, yep, sweet. I'll be in contact when something comes up kind of thing. And then we were like, oh, maybe we could do a marketing company. Maybe we could do this, maybe we could do that. Do that. Like has so many ideas like bouncing around um, mm -hmm. for the like three weeks post kind of conference. And I was like, yep, all right. And then we ended up just kind of like leaving those ideas. And then all of a sudden in, when was it? Mid-October, um, an opportunity arose and I kind of said to him, I was like, I really want to just kind of go for it. Like, and this is an opportunity to take over a skin coating? Yeah, the yeah. new market one. And um, it just kind of, I just kept saying to him, like, oh, like, I really want to do it. I really want to do it. I really want to do it. And then, but it also would have taken me, obviously, quitting my job, um, moving to Brisbane, and it would have taken pretty much a whole, like, life switch. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know, I kind of pondered on it for, like, two days. And then... <laughs> Which seemed, say, it seemed like a long time, but I just stayed up for two days straight, just like, and then I went to Brisbane and then I sat there for the entire weekend, just looked at the clinic and just was like, oh, what's the walk-by traffic like? Oh, what's this? How does that run? How does this run? And then mm -hmm. just as like outside of pretty much stalking the business, to be quite honest. Mm -hmm. um, and then I realized it was just an opportunity that you just can't let go by. And I realized that like, if I did let it go by, I would be thinking, oh, what if, what if, yeah. what if, what if? That would be so awesome if I took that over instead of that person took it over. Um, yeah, so I asked Adam if he wanted to go 50-50 partnership with me because he's got all that experience running businesses down in Melbourne. And he didn't even really think twice, to be quite honest. He was like, yep, let's just do it, okay? You're going to walk into that CEO's office right now and you're going to quit? And I was like, huh? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> so did you? I did. <laughs> I remember I went up on the roof and I had a tattoo and I was like, we're actually doing this? Yeah, okay, you got my back. Okay, cool. Yeah, you got my back. And then he was like, so you ready? And I was like, yep, okay. I was like, are you ready? And he's like, yeah, I think so. All right, let's do it. And then he doesn't blink twice when it comes to making a decision. He's just like, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes up. sense. Stacks up. I want to be in business with you. Yep, sounds good. You'll do it well. Sweet. Go for gold. Um, and that's literally how it happened. Yeah. Um, walked in there, pretty much said, well, I have to obviously resign if I want to take on this clinic. Um, I was scared out of my brains as to what they would say because obviously I'm 22 <laughs> and <laughs> every franchisee is like 35 plus at least. Yeah. So well, I think so, yeah. So how did you convince them that to give a franchise to a 22 year old was a good idea? It's really weird because I, I had all this like documentation that I'd done the night before that of like my proven results throughout the company and things like that. Yeah. And I was expecting to have to like lay it on the table and be like, yeah, this is like what I've, what I've achieved and things like that. And like, this is what I've done in my other businesses. And then, I don't know, I, I had a like quick little chat to the CEO, um, Kevin, and he, within about a minute, he was like, all right, let's do it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I had so much information I was about to back myself up with. Yeah. He was like, no, I trust you. Like I've seen your track record, let's just go for it. And I just was shocked to my absolute core. At this point, I hadn't even told him that I was going into partnership with Adam either. And I was like, oh, I thought you would only let me do it if I was literally in a partnership with someone else or I don't know mm -hmm. and then I said to him I was like oh by the way before we go any further I'm actually going into business with Adam as well he's like oh great dream team sounds good <laughs> and 
that was literally how it happened. And then within half an hour later, we were in meetings with the directors and negotiating everything. And then within like 72 hours after that, we were figuring out how to revamp the entire shop and booking in contractors to do like night shifts and day shifts to do like electrical work, repaint all the walls, redo all of the walls, like how to like pretty well refit the entire shop to be quite honest. Yeah. And then, yeah, I just went back so and forth. within a few days you were then open ready to trade? Yeah, it was nuts. Wow. Like I didn't sleep for ages. I'm really good vibe, but you don't sleep very much at all. No, I don't. I really don't. Um, it's probably really unhealthy, but... <laughs> That's inspiring. So at the age of 22, you've accomplished so much. And I think the, the theme we're seeing here is that you're just embracing opportunities because... Yeah, if you put yourself out there, you may as well. And you don't have forever either, so... No, you don't. Yeah. So before we wrap up, I've got a question for you. It's something I ask everybody who comes on the podcast. What's your number one piece of advice for anybody who's looking to start a business? I think just open yourself up to every single opportunity. Like put yourself out there as much as you can. Yeah. Uh, let everyone know what your end goal is. And then opportunities will arise. And when they do arise, just dive head first. Yeah. <laughs> Literally like you did. <laughs> Walk in, quit and take that opportunity. <laughs> never know where it's going to lead you and if you don't you're just going to be thinking about it for the rest of your life that's so true some of the biggest takeaways i've gotten from your incredible story have been um yes that you know horrible things can happen to you you don't know whether tomorrow is going to come but don't dwell on it either like you said you just yeah. got on with life and it just became a blip in your history and you just moved on and you embraced everything that came in front of you so yeah exactly because if you think about it for too long you're just going to think about it the whole rest of your life and you may as well just think about what else you could do and like what yeah. else you could achieve because there's so many possibilities out there you may as well actually take them on mm. because you want to take them on not because of anything that's ever happened to you before yeah and i also love that you also made university happen at the age of 15 so <laughs> don't be persuaded by what people in in your life tell you is possible anything's possible as long as you put your mind to it yeah exactly like there's always on the university websites and things like that it'll say like after your you've graduated school but if you ask the question you never know like you may mm. be able to do it earlier than you might have thought mm. Exactly. So thank you so much for coming on the show. It was so thank inspiring. You. I hope you all loved it as well. And I'll make sure I pop George's contact details below so you can follow her incredible journey because she's only 22. She's just getting started. Wait. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. If you found value in this podcast, please let me know by leaving a review. It takes 30 seconds and tells me that you're loving receiving the content from me. It takes time to think of, record and edit these podcasts and I do it to help you on your journey. So please let me know what you think. If you're ready to launch a business, I have a brand new course which will give you the coaching I've been doing with my one-on-one -on -one clients for the past four years inside of a group coaching platform without the expensive price tag of the one-on-one -on -one coaching and it's delivered online with weekly check-ins so even the busiest person like me can manage the course load. I work a full-time job, am studying at uni and running my own successful consulting business so everything I create for you as my client is tested to make sure it can be achieved with the busiest lifestyle. 
I've priced the course so it's cheaper than a couple of Uber Eat meals a week and you'll get me as your business coach taking you through the entire process to launch your business successfully with the proper foundations for growth. So if you're ready to take the next step to break your mold and achieve the lifestyle you deserve, click on the link in the show notes and sign up for the Launchpad course. If you haven't got a business idea yet, I offer a seven-day business idea challenge, which will help you find your purpose or why in life and match it with any number of epic business ideas. You do this challenge with a group of people so you can bounce ideas around and learn from everybody's insights. The challenge has been a huge success. So if you're ready to find your purpose or an epic business idea and learn how to validate it before launching it, sign up for the challenge and join our next intake. I appreciate you all for listening and I hope you have an amazing day wherever you're listening in the world.